I had the baby. Oh my god, Gemma, congratulations. Are you okay though? Did she rip you a new one? Oh yeah, she tore me up something proper. Oh, really? But, but I'm more than okay because she's here. Polly Janet McDade, seven pounds, six ounces. So, when can you come see her? Whenever I want. Not much tying me down here. I'm not working under Ben anymore. Why? I thought you liked it there. Because I found myself working under Ben a bit too much. Huh? I was sleeping with him. <gasps> Sharon! How long is that going on? Doesn't matter. It's over now. I think it might just be time for a change, Gemma. This isn't even the first time I've made this stupid a mistake. Oh, look, everyone makes mistakes, Sharon. Yeah, but there's something about the boss's wife walking in on you when you're right in the middle of an Olympic sex session that really forces a girl to take stock. <laughs> Jesus. I am going to wait till you get home to give you the bollocking you know you're getting. Get in the train now. Go on, call Mary. Sharon Love, I'm glad you called. I'm after pressing something on the remote and the only channels I can get are Islam Nation and one called Men's Movies. Have you any idea how I fix it? Margaret Ford called around the other day. I'd say she has it in her head that I'm some class of sex pervert. You know what the problem is, Sharon? I have too many remotes. There are three here in the sitting room. Should I only have one telly? That doesn't make sense. You might have a look at it for me the next time you're home. Yeah, sure, ma'am. Are you alright, Sharon? You seem a bit far away, like I know you're in Dublin now, but still. I was thinking about coming home for a while, ma'am. Oh, what's wrong? What happened? I'm grand, ma'am. I just want to come home for a while. Oh, sure, that'd be lovely, Sharon. And you know what I heard today? There might be a job going in Mahara's pub, love. I could do with a hand paint in the back bedroom. And I can't manage that Skype at all. And I need to talk to your Auntie Caroline in Australia about the twins' Holy Communion. Sure, I don't even know if they have Holy Communion books over there. And I'll not have Margaret Ford telling me those poor children are godless. Margaret Ford, and she with a nephew in the priesthood that wears sandals. She's a right one to talk, is Margaret Ford. And you know, if you are home for a while, I don't mind telling you there's a few local lads after filling out very nicely in the last while. Johnny Delahunty is after getting his psoriasis under control and Patsy Scanlon has a lovely pair of shoulders on him. It would be nice to see you settle down with someone nice. I'd like to see you going steady with someone. Going steady? Have you been watching American telly again, ma'am? I warned you about that since the Baywatch incident. But Jerry Phelan really does look like David Hasselhoof. Now, if you do come home and you happen to have a... a guest, shall we say... It'll be in the guest bedroom they'll stay. There'll be no hanky-panky under my roof. That's what the back seat of a Toyota was invented for. Can't you call into Kitty Maher now about that job? We're delighted to have you, Sharon. Sure, you've more experience than I have at this stage. You might find it a bit duller than your city pubs, but we've a nice few regulars and no real trouble to speak of, and I do need the bit of help since my accident. What actually happened, Kit, if you don't mind me asking? Well, I'm flying it now, Sharon, but I went through hell with my elbow. I tell you now, Sharon, I never have a drink before nine o'clock in the evening, never. I have a swift gin and tonic and a half a lager if I'm out for the cards. I have a glass of Guinness of a Sunday with my sister Maisie, and I might have a glass of wine if we ever have dinner with the cannon butcher, wasn't it? The perfect storm last month. The cards fell on a Sunday when my sister 
Maisie was here and didn't the cannon invite us out for lunch the very same day? Now, I wasn't drunk, mind. I don't get drunk. But what actually happened? Well, I fell over a goat on the way home. And truth be told, the goat was 50% in the wrong, in fairness to me. Ah, you remember Willie, Sharon? Uh, Sharon, are you here now? She's all back from the big city, eh? I am indeed, Willie. Uh, you know Dan, don't you, Sharon? Ah, how's Dan? How's Maureen getting on? Oh, she's some woman. Huh, do you think so, Sharon? Maureen is a good woman, Dan, and you know it. Point please, Sharon, love and one for Willie. No bother, Dan. Who's this Barry Maloney fellow you keep hearing about, Willie? Is he the blind lad one big in the lotto last year? He's the fellow with the blind dog. But so isn't he blind? Yeah, he is, yeah. What's a blind fella going around with a blind dog for? That jeez, the dog isn't blind. The dog leads him around because he's blind. Oh, I have no. <laughs> oh, would you look at that, Sharon. Bunyan have me killed like tiny terrace on my feet. I have to wear sandals all year round and I can't go into the shoe shops anymore because I have to wear two different sizes. And for some reason they don't want to break up the pair's miserable bastards. Oh, you're right to work away here so, Sharon. If only my Terence had plucked up the courage to ask you out, I'd have been proud to call you a daughter-in-law. If only... Terence, come say hello to Sharon. Hello, Sharon. What's the crack? So, you're going to be hanging out here during the week now, yeah? It's not just some clever plider. Hang out with me, no? I don't think no is a strong enough word here. Yeah, because playing hard to get only works up to a certain age, Sharon. Charming. <laughs> Sorry, what? It's difficult to concentrate on what you're saying when your arse is demanding my attention. Oh! Sorry, Terence. Uh, can you just reach that dishcloth yeah. up there? I can't reach it. <coughs> I am so sorry, Terence. My arm just slipped. See, sometimes that happens when I get felt up by lecherous twats. Mam, <coughs> Mammy! There are moments when everything changes. And life, as you know it, will never be the same. This was one of them. Hi there. Um, could I get a pint, please? Sure thing. What happened to the poor lad who's doubled over calling to his mammy out in the beer garden? Was he assaulted or something? He was educated in acceptable behaviour. And class is in session if you're interested in learning. You punched him? I didn't punch him. I elbowed him because he was trying to cop a feel. And it's a lesson I'm willing to teach anyone who's got a sexist streak. So, anything sexist to say? God, no. No, you successfully frightened me into becoming a feminist. <laughs> I'm Nigel. Good for you. This is where you say your name? I'm... I'm Sharon. It's nice to meet you. I think. Oh, I'm nice to meet you. Oh, according to you. We spent the next month sparring. Mmm, that's a lovely scent you're wearing. Thank you, Sharon. Do you know if they do a men's version of it? Aha, bloody ha, you're hilarious. Have you assaulted anyone lately? <laughs> well, at least I've embraced personal fragrances that are nicked from my mum's bathroom cabinet. My shower gel just happens to be a bit floral this week. Look, I'll wear something more manly for the next time I see you, okay? Which I'm hoping will be Friday night. That's presumptuous. When he smiled at me, I felt like... Like that feeling you get when a lift drops too quickly. Or if you're on a boat and the sea swells and you might get sick, but you kind of like it. Excited and calm at the same time, it was unsettling. But not as unsettling as meeting Gemma's new baby. So, you're a baby? How's that working out for you? 
Do you like life so far? Uh, I see you're more of a listener. Admirable quality. She appears unable to keep the saliva in her mouth, Gemma. Is that normal? And she's staring at me. (laughs) Rude. Look how she's looking at you. She likes you. She doesn't engage with people easily. She'd fit in well in Maher's pub, so... So it's going okay? Terrence's not giving you any hassle since you softened his cough for him. Oh, he barely makes eye contact. (laughs) No harm. You really don't like children? I can't understand when people say that. Would you ask someone if they like adults? Children are basically small adults. Some adults are arseholes, so are some children. Ah, but by that logic, there are some children you might actually get along with. Well, Polly doesn't seem so bad. Apart from the staring. So you never... No. I don't believe you. Put it this way. As much as you can't understand why I don't want a child, that's how much I can't understand why you do. No, but you couldn't imagine how much you'd love your own child. What if we didn't get on? What if it arrived now and it turned out to be this right arsehole, like I've already proven some kids can be? (laughs) It wouldn't be an arsehole, it would be you. Uh, No, it wouldn't be me. It would be this entirely different person that I'm responsible for forever, that shits and cries and makes all the same mistakes I've made, and I'd have no way of stopping it, or protecting it as it gets older. Oh, that last thing you just said. That's the number one fear mothers have. Oh, next topic, please. Okay. Any scandal? Well, I met someone. Oh, so what's he like? Uh, What's he do? Where's he from? Uh, Jesus, Gemma, give me a minute to get used to him. He's like a new pair of shoes. I've got to wear him in. Mm, Just as long as you don't walk all over him. I heard what she said, but it was all new territory. When can I take you out again? (laughs) Persistent, aren't you? It's my middle name. Well, actually, my middle name is Percy, but I generally don't tend to tell women that. Understandable. Mm. So, you're going to come out with me tonight? No, I, uh, I don't know, Nigel. Did I do something wrong? No, not at all. It's just, I'm uh, I'm not used to this. Look, I like you, okay? I think you like me. So I'm going to take a chance. Take a chance on me, Abba style. Oh. Look, I didn't plan on quoting Abba in the conversation. It just happened. Okay, look, forgive me and go out with me. Slap up meal, couple of drinks... Bit of dancing, if you're not too full, I know you like your food. Not that you eat too much, this is the worst proposal in the world. Not that it's a proposal! Oh, I'm panicking here. Why are you smiling? Oh, it's because I'm making a prick of myself, isn't it? Imagine a montage with music provided by the Dixie Chicks. Me and Nigel. And we did stupid things like hold hands and read the Sunday papers over each other's shoulders and kiss on the couch. If it had been a montage in a movie I was watching, I would have dislocated my eyeballs with the angle I threw them upwards. But I was in love, so the rules of the past didn't apply. Oh, he's a lovely boy, Sharon, and so handy. He fixed the light bulb in the hot press for me and everything. I nearly sprained my ankle the last time I tried to do that, so I was very grateful. Now, you will be nice to him, won't you, Sharon? What's that supposed to mean? I'm always nice. Sorry, Sharon, what I mean to say is you're not always nice to men and he's not your average man. He's special. I know, ma'am, I know he is. The months passed by like days and before I knew it, I had been with Nigel for six months and still hadn't managed to frighten him away. Only after a short time when I settled in at home, it became pretty obvious that the friends I had in town were not going to be available to me like they had been when we were in our early 20s. I can't make it tonight, Sharon. 
right, sir. Oh, oh, Polly, Polly, no, don't pull in that Polly, please. No, you're going to hurt my... Oh. Hi, Sharon, Sean oh, here. Uh, listen, oh. Marie was calling into work, Sharon, so we won't be able to get that point after all. Uh, no. PJ, PJ, put the pliers down. PJ, put the pliers down. I mean it. With friends all taken up with stuff like nappy rash and pet dissection and Nigel working and living in a nearby town, I was forced to look into other ways to fill my free time. Mammy suggested the local drama group. You should join, love. It's great crack. I'm just sewing the costumes for the new play and it's going to be brilliant. They might seem a bit left of centre, but they're nice. And they're a bit fond of the liquor, but your what group activity isn't? I mean, that other crowd, the belly murder wheelers. Out every bloody weekend with the bicycles, but the truth of the matter is, they're not so much a bunch of cyclists with a drinking problem as they are a group of drinkers with a cycling problem. Anyway, why don't you try the drama and see how you get on? It was a bit of crack. Well, it was a bit of crack for me. For the director, it was more a case of life or death, and drama was his baby. Hides up now, lads, and settle down, settle down. Jerry Brown, stop moving your feet. Jerry? If you don't stop moving your feet, I'm going to come down there and nail your feet to the fucking floor. I understand you're nervous, Jerry, but this is not fucking reverence. Oh, start running scene two. I'm after leaving me Valium in the fucking car. I got thrown into a group scene in a bar. None of the pressures of a lead role with all of the crack. And all of the lunatics that are essential, essential to a community theatre group. Hi, I'm Derek. Oh, Derek, you gave me a fright. Where did you come from? I was standing behind the curtain. I don't like it when Kevin shouts. It hurts my ears. You're Sharon. I know, because I read the list on my clipboard. Kevin gives me the list first so I can check who's here and who's not. If they're not here on time, I put a black mark beside their name. They don't get in trouble or anything, but I do hope they die. Just kidding. I'm good at telling jokes. Oh, are you in the play, Derek? I, I, I'm the assistant stage manager. Well, I'm, I'm glad someone so organised is in charge. Thank, thank you, Sharon. Will I tell you a joke? Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting sheep. Interrupting... Ah! Okay, bye. And he'd disappear as quickly as he had appeared. I started to enjoy rehearsal so much that Mammy thought I should try and make a job out of it. She thought I should go for every part going from the Bantir Amdram to Fair City. They're casting for Sive in the city? Ma'am, I am 29. So? So Sive is supposed to be 16? And now you're a lovely, youthful-looking girl, and you're as good as any of the rest of them. That Amy Hoover is only trotting after you. <laughs> Ma'am, it's just a hobby. I enjoy it, but I don't want to make my life out of it. So what do you want to make your life out of? And what's that supposed to mean? Like, when are you going to... What I mean to say is, you've been going out now with Nigel for a while. Would it not be time to talk about the next step? You're no spring chicken. Mammy, this might come as a bit of a shock, and I'm not saying it to upset you, but... I never really factored in the whole getting married, having children thing. I never thought that would suit me. The whole getting married and having children thing. If it's good enough for me and your dad, is it not good enough for you? And I could ask you, am I not good enough for you? That you feel like your life is so incomplete without grandchildren? I'm not enough. Christ, no, Sharon, that's not what I meant at all. Look, I will try to understand, but I don't. Do you love Nigel? Of course I do. Then why don't you want to get married? Ah, ma'am, you're wrecking my head now. We've only been going out nine months. It's a bit early for picking out the dress. And are you going to? He hasn't asked me to marry him, ma'am. I'm not going picking out a wedding dress like a fucking psychopath. All right, smart ass. Would you say yes if he did ask you? Ma'am, I don't know. It's early days. 
Because you're not getting any younger. Oh, for fuck's sake, And the later you leave it, the harder it could be to get pregnant. Ma'am! Have you spoken to Nigel about this? Not yet. Well, don't you think it might be time? Yeah, ma'am, I will. I will. Because if he wants children and you don't, you might just... Would you like the loan of my sledgehammer, ma'am? Because I think that would make a subtler dent in my brain than you are. Sharon Delaney, if Nigel wants children and you don't, you might just have to let him go. Okay, you might just have to let him go. That's Nigel. I told him I'd take him for a walk, maybe hit up mass, show off the locals. Hit up mass? Yeah, he hasn't seen the loony mass crowd yet. Sharon Delaney, mass is a celebration of Jesus Christ who lived and died for your sins and you're making it sound like a, like a drop-in centre in Home and Away. Home and Away is like a sitcom. Religion is a sitcom. I left her as she was listing all the reasons that Alf Stewart was no substitute for the Lord our God. I grabbed Nigel by the hand and led him towards St Joseph's, where we happened upon Willie and Dan having a very unusual conversation for 11 o'clock of a Sunday. And, uh, have you checked her ovulating schedule? I have not. She's a respectable woman. Eh, uh, Dan, will you come into the 21st century, will you? Even if you're a bit longer in the tooth than people usually are. If you're going to have her go at the reproducing, you'll have to know. I, 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 I don't know. Well, does she know when she's ovulating? She doesn't know how to work the remote control. I don't know if it's reproducing I want to do with that lunatic. What has that got to do with her menstruation cycle? Ah, uh, uh, Willie, will you stop now? That's enough. I can't be talking about that, will you? There's nothing filthy about it, Dan. If you want to have a child, you'll have to talk about it eventually. It's only common sense, men. We left them to their biology for the insane and wandered down to the shop and bought the paper. We were sitting outside Bunte's cafe and I had just figured out seven across when... Sharon! Long time no see. How are you? Hi, Fiona. I'm fantastic. I didn't actually ask, but... I'll just park up the stroller for a minute and grab a coffee with you and your friend. Hi there. I'm Nigel. Fiona, so nice to meet you. I'll just grab a coffee and be back with you in two shakes. Okay, we've nearly finished ours, so don't let us keep you. Oh, not at all. I'll grab you both one as well. Macchiato, cappuccino, latte. Just coffee, thanks. Great. Keep an eye on Anus for a minute. He's as good as gold, so he won't be any trouble. Keep an eye on who now? Little Anus. My son. (laughs) Sharon, you haven't changed a bit. Back in a flush. Anus was chewing on his own foot and he had a string of drool running from his chin to his shin that made me want to puke a little bit. Hi, Anus. How's it going? Hey, what did you do to your mammy to make her call you that? Difficult childbirth, was it? Made her suffer, did ya, you little bastard? He smiled at me and I couldn't help smiling back. Something really likeable about the little fucker, which was surprising given what his mother was like. And then Nigel scooped him out of the buggy and threw him up in the air. What are you doing? He's not a football. Ah, kids love it. Well, my nephews love it. And look, little unfortunately named Anus here loves it too. He's laughing his head off. Hey, you want to go on the swings? Oh my God, he's so good with him. That's such an attractive quality in a man. Just wait till I just Instagram this. Your coffee. You're taking a picture of your coffee. You have to remain in the present moment, Sharon. If we don't capture these moments, they're gone forever. It's like my mindless coach is always saying... Don't you mean mindfulness? What did I say? (laughs) 
anyway, he always says if we don't take care of now, now will be over. Mm, and if you didn't talk so much shit, you'd probably have a lot more free time. Totally, totally. So, I heard you're working in Maher's. You're so lucky to be back with your mother. What I wouldn't give to be back in my parents' house, just with a bit of help with the little rascal. Not that I don't love looking after him, but sure, he does give mummy the run around. Don't you, Anus? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. This repeated baby talk went on for some time. Yes, you do, don't you? Yes, you do. So is Fionn not a big help with the kid, no? Oh, he's brilliant with him. Always calls in to kiss him goodnight when he gets home from work, but he's gone at seven in the morning, so it's a lot of alone time for Mummy and her little anus. Isn't it anus? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, how long has this little romance been going on? Yeah, well, I've been with Nigel for about nine months now. Oh, that's so cute. Nearly a year. That must be a record for you. That's great, Sharon. I'm really happy for you. And will I need to buy a hat soon? I'm not sure, Fiona. Is your head cold from jogging with the baby? Are you going to be getting married, is what I'm asking. Hadn't really thought about it. I can't believe what I'm hearing. Oh, you can't believe that I don't have exactly the same life goals as you. That doesn't shock me. It's just so bohemian, Sharon. Marriage is just what people do. Well, maybe it's not what I do. But you'll want to start thinking about having children. At some point, you're not getting any younger. Sorry, how is that any of your business? (laughs) I'm so sorry, Sharon. I didn't mean to pry. You're absolutely right. It's none of my business. Sorry, I shouldn't have snapped. It's just... It's all anyone seems to want to talk about lately and I'm kind of sick of it, so... Sure. And how's work going? Sure, you're an old hand at running a bar at this stage. And sure, if you're not going to settle down, bar work is ideal, isn't it? Late hours and all that. As long as your partner is okay with you spending all those late hours with other men. I don't think my Fiona be as understanding as your Nigel... Why did you call him anus? (laughs) It means praised. Really? Because it sounds like it means the set of muscles through which a person takes a (gasps) shit. I can't believe you would say that about my baby. It's not your baby I have the problem with. It's you. You've always been the same. Even in school you were middle-aged, judgmental. I had to listen to it when I was a teenager. Don't have to now. Nigel? Nigel, come on, love. We're off. Goodbye, Fiona. (laughs) Good luck, Anus. All I can hope for you now is that there's some kid called Gaylord in your junior infants class. Because it'll be the only thing that'll stop him being the butt of everyone's jokes until 13 years later when he can legally choose to change his own name. The butt of everyone's jokes. His name is Anus. Did you mean to make that pun? And that, my love, is why I love you. Oh, you mean it's not my rock-hard biceps or my soft, squidgy underbelly? Oh, they come a close second and third. (laughs) (laughs) He was a cool kid. Yeah, yeah, he was. Pity about his mother, though. Ah, It's not his fault, though. He was fun. Mm. Do you meet your nephews a lot? Not enough. I'm always missing the big stuff, you know? The first time they ride their bikes... The first time they realise that girls are different and scary. Am I scary? You are the scariest, until you reveal your own soft underbelly. Hey, hey, I'm not weak-like. 
Being weak and the capacity to be soft are not the same thing. Do you ever think about having... Having what? I chickened out. A bag of chips mixed with one of those Aldi Indian ready-made meals. Oh, it's been on my mind for ages. I wanted to say it to you. It, it'd be like making your own three-in-one, except not Chinese, obviously. You're a bloody genius. Hey, I'll give you a shout later on and say hi to your mum for me. Hey, mum. Mum, are you in? Yes, love. <laughs> I found your keys in the fridge. Mummy, what were they doing in the fridge? You're losing it all together. Silly Nisha, how did they get in there? Sure, will you make us a cup of tea and get the Macaros from the top press? Glenroe was on in a minute and Miley kissed that young Rip Fidelma last week. I can't wait to see what happens when Biddy finds out. Oh, there'll be fireworks all together. That Biddy has a right temper on her, so she does. Glenroe? What are you on about, Mammy? Sure, Glenroe finished about 15 years ago. Sure, of course it did. I was only joking, Sharon, love. Shall we watch whatever's on? Is something wrong, Mammy? Not at all, Sharon. Mammy. I was at the doctor's a couple of months ago. I kept forgetting my appointment and Sheila got worried. Well, you know how she is since her Pascal went to Canada. Mammy, I'm starting to panic here. I have a brain tumour. A brain tumour? A touch of a brain tumour. A touch of a you you can't have a touch of a brain tumour, Mammy. That, that, that's like saying, oh, I'm a little bit pregnant. Are you, Sharon? Oh, my goodness. No, Mammy, no. Sorry, that was a very poor comparison. I wasn't planning on telling you at all, truth be told. It's inoperable. They got it too late, so really it's just a case of enjoying whatever time I've left. And I've had an absolutely brilliant life. Should haven't I been to Dublin? Twice? Didn't I finally beat Margaret Ford at 45 last week? And I suppose I would have liked a few more years. I still haven't painted the back bedroom. But it's still been brilliant. And if I'm being honest, I'm looking forward to seeing my Dennis again. Sure, he won't have been doing well up there without me. He got his head lost in a v-neck jumper once and was stuck until I got back from Mass 40 minutes later. That's what you get now for missing mass, I says to him. But he couldn't speak because his mouth was full of argument. Ma'am, can you stop talking so we can discuss this? H- have you got a second opinion? I'd like to speak to the doctor myself, actually. No. What do you mean, no? I've got a right to his... No, Sharon, you don't. This is my brain tumour, my life. I've seen more doctors than you've had hot dinners. And what I'm telling you is true. And you must accept it. I've had some time to get used to the idea, Sharon. It's all news to you, so it'll take a while. Now you head off to work, okay? I can't go to work now, ma'am. Not after hearing that. You're not missing work because of me. And you're not giving up on the play either before you suggest that. People would only talk. And not a word to anyone either now, okay? Or I'll have people calling. And I can't have that. Seriously, though. Not a word to anyone now, okay? It's private. Now you get Nigel to pick you up and take you to work. He's a good boy, that Nigel. He'll keep you out of ditches. Like most mothers, Mary had a constant fear of her child ending up in a ditch somewhere. Nigel came straight to meet me when he heard the shake in my voice. I told him about Mammy, and he wrapped himself around me. I felt the panic rising in my throat, but I felt safe in his arms. Sharon! Sharon! Another two, please. 
What planet are you on, Sharon? Sorry, Dan. Uh, two points. You'll have to settle a bet for us here now, Sharon. What's that, Willie? Did Mikey Quinn, that was in school with you, didn't he go off to Australia last year? Uh, Mozambique, I think. I told you. Hold on, I'll Google him. I told you, Willie. He was told by the company he was working for he could either be transferred to Tipperary or Africa. He chose Africa. He's right, Willie. There's photos of him here with a monkey. That proves nothing. Have you not seen some of the hairy mountain men they have down around Tipperary? I thought your side of the bet was that he went to Australia. Fuck's sake. I never lost an argument before Google was invented. I had to tell Gemma. She was devastated. She reacted like a... like a daughter should. She called over the next day and while Mother cooed over the baby for an hour, we were able to talk properly. So, what's happening with you? This is probably the worst time for good news. Or maybe it's the best. Ah, spit it out, will ya? Well... Actually, the reason I couldn't meet you for a drink the other night was because I thought I might be pregnant. I took the test today. And you're in the clear. (laughs) No, Char. I'm having a baby. Uh, but you already have one of those, right? I'm sure you remember the thing about, uh, yay big, bit of a staring problem, Polly something... Ha, fucking ha. I'm happy for you. Oh, you should tell your face. Sorry, I I really am. (laughs) Yeah, pregnant... Again. I'm looking forward to the cute kid at the end, but the next six months of sweating and farting and expanding body parts, I am less than enamoured with. I thought it was supposed to be a great experience. Isn't that what people say? The people who say that are usually full of shit. Or try not to frighten you off the idea of having a baby. Fiona put up a status on Facebook when she was pregnant with rectum or whatever she called him. (laughs) I saw it. Ooh, feeling all glowy and maternal. Can't wait for a little bundle of joy to arrive. But don't want this special time to end. Oh! Ugh, please. Me and Fiona were pregnant around the same time. I read that status on the toilet because I was spending so much time vomiting and urinating. I ended up just moving the laptop in there with me. I was craving anchovies on toast. So I smelt awful all the time. Oh, and my nipples were so sore I had to wear two packs of frozen peas in my bra you never think you're going to look down and see Captain Bird's eye staring back up at you out of your underwear it was a bit disturbing so Fiona talking a load of shite as per so you've a shit couple of months ahead of you but I get another Polly at the end of it so it'll be more than worth it my mother's blowing bubbles at Polly laughing and gurgling at the chubby smiling infant I have a sudden urge to run. Not because I'm afraid of what my mother wants from me, but because I'm not afraid at all. There is a comfort in being certain, and my certainty was taking a break. I can hear a splitting, cracking sound inside my ear. Get a grip on yourself, Sharon. (laughs) You're letting the drama go to your head. It was a relief to go to work. That young American one who walks down the chipper has fierce, short hair for a girl. I suppose. What are you getting at? I was just wondering if she's one of them lesbians. But do you know what? Just because she's got short hair doesn't mean she's a, uh, an LGBLT. Oh, she's a closet sandwich, is she, Dan? Uh, you, you, you know what I mean. Lesbian or not, Americans could be into anything. I was watching a documentary the other night on Netflix. 
She could be into MS or anything. <gasps> Marks and Spencers? She should have known Marks and Spencers in America, Dan. Uh, no, no, no. What do they call it? The uh, SMS. What, like texting? No, she could be SNA. A special needs assistant like Mary's Malcolm. Jesus, no, into whips and chains and that. <sighs> He's well able to sprint, is that Sean Long? Oh, I'm sure that's from running away from the guards. Usain Bolt wouldn't be in a with them of a Saturday night. They caught him down in the ditch beside Hennigan's field last Saturday night. Usain Bolt? No, Sean Long. What, what would Usain Bolt be doing down the ditch beside Hennigan's field? I, I don't know. And his holidays? Well, you don't be talking daft now and let me get on with my story. I left them to their gossiping and went to rehearsal, where tension was running high. Kevin and Derek were under pressure. Kevin, Kevin, they're, they're talking backstage. Let's keep the noise down back there. We're trying to block the end of the play here. Yes, lads, keep it down. There's a schedule. If we don't stick to the schedule... Yes, yes, I know, Derek, but I'm under a small bit of pressure here, so I'm going outside the schedule for a minute, OK? Now, Kevin, Kevin, if we don't do the scenes in order... Derek, can you just go and get me a coffee, OK? Kevin, there's no need for that. He's doing a great job keeping everything going, aren't you, Derek? I... I... Look, let's get a coffee, Derek. It'll be more crack than this old shite anyway. Thanks, Sharon. I know I'm annoying sometimes. My dad says I should think about what I say before I say it, but that seems very time-consuming. It's all right, Derek. He was just being an arsehole. I don't think anyone ever stood up for me before. Well, not since my mum. Really? My teacher said I'd never be normal. My mum said she was delighted because if I'd never be normal, then I'd never be boring and grow up and become a teacher and then she punched her. (laughs) Really? Yes, but Mrs Cooney was supposed to retire that year anyway, so it wasn't a big deal. She's gone a long time, Derek. It seems like a long time, but it's actually only 4,112 days. She was a nice lady. She was. She was like you. Okay, bye. And he toddled away. Kevin apologised to Derek. In fairness, it was a very stressful situation. I saw Nigel slip in at the back of the theatre. I gave him a little nervous wave and he smiled one of his giant smiles that made me weak for him all over again. And I heard the splitting and cracking in my head like it was my new favourite song. Sharon, Debbie's late again. Would you mind saying her first few lines in that final scene? Why? Sure, we might as well wait for her, shouldn't we? No, she's in makeup. Come on, you won't have to do much. Just stand in her spot and say the lines for the lads, okay? Uh, okay, okay. <clears throat> there is no love deeper or richer than a mother's love. It is as the soil around the plant, nourishing it, caring for it, keeping it safe. And if you take And if you take that soil away, you are left with a plant that may waste, wither, and die. Kevin, I'm so sorry, but I've just realised that I'm meant to be at work. I'm really sorry. Sharon! Sharon, what's wrong? You weren't that bad. How would you know? I suppose I wouldn't. I don't have a clue about plays or whatever. I... I thought you were great. You were great. Yeah, sorry. Look, let's just get a drink or something. Yeah, sure. I thought you'd go to work. I just needed to get out of there. Okay. Are you okay? Or... Can you stop asking me if I'm okay? My mother's dying. She's not going to make it and I can't do anything to stop it. I'm so sorry, Sharon. Look, I think I'll just get that drink by myself. I don't think you should be alone right now. Well, you're not in charge of me. I never said I was. Look, 
You're upset. I just want to look after you. I don't need you to look after me. I know you don't need me to do anything. Good. Why are you doing this? Doing what? I'm not doing anything. You're pushing me. You don't want me to stay. Oh, don't get needy, Nigel. I've enough on my plate now. Okay. And don't just say okay when I'm being a complete bitch to you. Okay. Jesus. And what's really going on? Is it just about your mother? Just about my mother? Are you fucking serious? Yes, I am fucking serious. Oh, what do you want from me, Nigel? I just want you. I just want you. You want to be with me forever. Forever and ever, because it's that simple. Yes, it is. Except it's not. What if I told you that I'm not sure I want the same things you want? Like what? Like children, Nigel. Like children. I could just about stomach marriage. I I could even understand getting a big grown-up loan and buying a house. But children? No. How do you know you wouldn't want them when they arrive? That's the point. They don't deserve to be born to a mother who isn't sure she wants them. So what you're saying is you're not sure. I mean, it's something we could talk about. I know you're upset right now, but maybe... I think we both just need to take time and figure out what it is we both want. Well, it sounds like you've decided what I want. You drop a bomb like that, then you tell me what I want, and then you say you want more time. That's fine, Sharon. Take all the fucking time you want. He left. And I let him. And life continued. It wasn't quite as bright and shiny, but it continued. And the show must go on. What what time is the play on, Sharon? Half eight. Are you sure you're able for it? I won't be upset if you don't feel up to it. I'm only on stage for a few minutes. Sharon, I'm not going to miss your stage debut. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this. And you know, Nellie Kelly said we'll have nowhere here on account of the fine weather we're having and the vintage rally in Castletown. I said, Nellie Kelly, you don't know what you're talking about, but would she be told? No. She thinks she's an expert on everything since she got her hip done. Mammy, I have to go backstage now, but I'll come and find you after, okay? One away now. Fuss, fuss, fuss. Break your legs, Sharon. Break your legs. As opening nights go, it was not bad. No major disasters. Although at one stage, Debbie Dwyer's back fat broke free of its cotton prison. A shocking wardrobe malfunction that incited many signs of the cross and exclamations of holy God from the audience. It felt good to pretend to be someone else for a couple of hours. You were brilliant, Sharon. You knew all your lines and everything. Will we head home so, ma'am? We do no such thing. I'll get a lift home with the Falvies and you can go down to the pub and celebrate a brilliant first night. Ah, no, ma'am. Listen to me now, Sharon. You don't get many chances to celebrate being in a play. You must celebrate at every turn, Sharon. It goes so fast. You have no idea. So go out now and celebrate. Night, love. Love you. I still wasn't convinced. But the woman had her mind made up. So I sat down in the pub watching my phone in case she called, but then I was asked to settle one of Willie and Dan's debates. No, no, eating dogs is not the same as eating pigs, Dan. Sharon, will you tell him? What's that, Willie? Well, Dan reckons they eat dogs in China and it's fine and dandy, but it's not the same as having a bacon burger. Sure it's not, Sharon? As soon as the sing-song began, I made a quiet exit. Opening the door at home, I smelled the chicken dinner. The smell that could only come from my mother's kitchen. I opened her bedroom door and saw her, propped up on her pillows with Nathan Carter playing softly on her radio. I could never understand how she could sleep with music on, but then she always preferred noise to silence. Good night, Mammy. I kissed her forehead. She was... she was a bit cold. Do you want a blanket, Mammy? You're very cold. Mammy. Ma'am. Ma'am, wake up for a minute there, ma'am.
For your troubles. Sorry for your troubles. Sorry for your troubles. Thank you. Don't she look lovely? Thanks for coming. Oh, they did a great job on her. Yeah, thanks very much. And I only saw her the other day buying a head of lettuce and a toffee crisp. Thank you. 65. Jesus, very young these days. Sure, she's years ahead of her. Sorry, Sorry for your troubles. Sorry for your troubles. She was a great lady. Thank you. Sorry for your fucking troubles. Gemma hugged me for so long that the queue started to run all the way back to the hurling pitch. The civil defence were in a panic, apparently. I began to think of what she would have said. I don't want to fuss, Sharon. People have enough stuff in their lives without my stuff on top of it. Look at poor Edwin Stack. He lost his cat in Stormimelda. And he has eczema. I don't want people calling, asking me for pearls of wisdom just because I'm dying. Just because I'm on the way out doesn't mean I know anything special. So, no fuss. Thank you all for coming today. As my mother would say, there's a, a great turnout altogether. Mary was born 65 years ago into a family of five. She loved baking and sewing and helping people, but her favourite thing above all else was talking. She got laryngitis once and she had to write a note saying that she was close to suicidal because she couldn't tell Margaret Ford what had happened on Coronation Street. And Margaret Ford was going to knock on the Sunday, so she was going to miss the omnibus as well. It was quite the kerfuffle. The kettle was always on. There was always a scone with a bit of cream or a packet of Mikados on a plate with a doily. Because there had to be a doily. If there wasn't a doily now, the, the world might end. Much tutting and press opening would follow until the doily situation was rectified. She, she wanted to hear everyone's news and what they had to say for themselves. Because she loved, she loved people. She loved Daddy. He was a quiet man. I suppose he, he didn't have much of a choice. He couldn't get a word in edgeways. And she loved me. And I will miss her more than I can say. Because she taught me how to be the best person that I could be. That's what mammies do, I suppose. I guess... I guess I'm my own mammy now. Rest in peace, Mary. The days and the nights passed and imagined conversations started. Will you ever put on a bit of makeup or something, Sharon? You're gone fierce pale. I know you're single now, but there's no reason to let the side down going around town with a face like a wet week. I'm sure you might have a chat with Nigel in the next while and see where you're at. I know decisions have been made, but minds can be changed too. And you're what's wrong with being single for a while? I'm all on my own now, Mammy. Will you stop that now? You're not on your own. My body might be gone, but I am always with you. You have Gemma. You have the lads at work and at the play. You are not alone, Sharon. I promise you, my darling. I spent a month like that, arguing with a ghost, which is fairly pointless. 
And then one day a visitor at the door. How are you? Oh, you know, just getting through the day. I hardly got a chance to talk to you the day of the funeral. Thank you for those flowers. They were beautiful. Is there anything I can do? Well, uh, the back bedroom still needs a lick of paint and I'm out of milk, so... (laughs) Sharon, I never heard how the play went. Not a total disaster, so Kevin labelled it a massive success. It was a pity they had to postpone it, but they wanted to pay their respects to Mammy. They got Melanie Quirk to do my four lines. Now, Melanie Quirk was in a play in Dublin before. In Dublin, if you don't mind, so Kevin was happy. Do you want me to go? Yeah. No, I I don't know. Well, if that isn't the story of us in five words... I don't know is the answer to most questions you could ask me right now, Nigel. I, I, I don't know any of the answers. That's okay, because I haven't asked you any questions yet. Yet? I can't let you go, Sharon. I just... I won't. You don't have to say anything right now, but I'll call back soon, Sharon. And we'll talk again. Will we? We will. Because I really think we should. I watched bad TV for two days. Jeremy Kyle shouted at people whose IQs matched the number of teeth in their head. Despicable man. The Tour de France bio on TG Cahar in which a very excited man spat out the Irish language while watching the arses of Europeans whizzing past. But there comes a point when you haven't showered in two days and you're watching an episode of Neighbours for the third time that enough is enough. Enough wallowing. Mammy would have killed me. What are you doing in bed this time of day? The postman has been and gone and the sun is shining. I've got the kettle on and I've popped down to the shop to get a few of those lovely pet au chocolats from the local deli. Probably a million billion calories, but you're who feckin' cares, Sharon? You have to live. So look at it. Isn't that it? Get up, Sharon. Have a shower, get dressed, and we'll go down for a look to Donnelly's. I could always do with a few extra tea towels. Don't look at me like that, Sharon. I need them. I do get through them like you wouldn't believe. The cat threw up on my Jamie Oliver one. Little bastard. As if he knew. Up now, Sharon. Up. Are you sure you're ready to come back to work, Sharon, love? Tis a tough full time for you. Ready now, Kit. I can't stay gabbing long now because I have to lance a particularly aggressive Veruca, but if you're sure now... I'm sure, Kitty. How are you, Terence? Sorry to hear you buried your mother, Sharon. Sure we had to Terence she was dead like. She was some woman for one woman, Sharon. She was the one taught me I should wear my hair the other side of my head to hide the size of my left ear. Very helpful she was. Very soon after that I met my Maureen and the size of my lobe wasn't immediately apparent. And I think that had a massive bearing on the start of the relationship. She only found out about the oversized ear after we got engaged. It was too late then. She'd already ordered the invitations. Not a one to waste money as my Maureen. I remember one time down in Mackey's shop there was a poor young at the counter who hadn't enough money for nappies. And the woman behind her took out a couple of euro and said, I think you dropped this love. The young one looked like she was going to cry with relief. And that same woman talked non-stop to the shop assistant about how she suspected the weather was making her cat depressed and how she was considering consulting a pet psychologist she read about in Woman's Way. That woman was your mother, Sharon. We were very fond of her. I was glad I'd gone back to work because I fell into bed exhausted. In the morning I woke up 
and remembered all over again, like happened every morning. But I couldn't help but smile when I heard the local radio station that Mammy loved so much, playing their new favourite single, I'd fill a septic tank with the tears I've cried for you. And then I looked at the phone to find that Gemma had gone into labour a few weeks early. So I rushed to the hospital to find her smiling, looking a bit dazed with a Hello. tiny bundle and a blanket on her tummy. Sharon, this, this is Mary. Really, Gemma? <laughs> well, I'm hardly going to take the piss about your dead mother's name, am I? I don't know. You can be a bit of a daft bitch at the best of times. <laughs> What do you think of her? Well, she's a bit on the small side, but we'll make it work. Oh, I'll be the best fucking godmother these two young ones ever had. Isn't that right, Mary? What about you, Polly? <laughs> I'll take that as a resounding yes from Polly. Gemma fell asleep a few minutes later as I stood over. Mary? She had her fists balled up straight above her head as if she was calling me into a fight. But her face was peaceful. I'm almost positive she was taking a large shit at the time, hence the look of serenity plastered all over her face. I pulled my jacket a little closer around me, kissed Mary on the forehead and gave Gemma's husband a wave. We welcomed one Mary and we said goodbye to another one. I walked down the corridor, out the front door, and into the light of a bright new morning. That was Sharon by Katie Holly, starring Irene Kelleher, Marie O'Donovan and Mark Lawrence. The first in a season of plays by women writers to celebrate RTE's The Big Picture, A Woman's World, and to mark 100 years of suffrage. On Sand was Damien Chanel and Sharon by Katie Holly was produced by Kevin Reynolds. rta.ie forward slash drama on one.